Welcome to the mic, Chloe Kemp from Kemp. It's time to be frank, it's time to vent. From mental health to parental death, where the humour is dark as she's bereft. There'll be tears and there'll be laughter, and of course there'll be talk about those pajamas. So pull up a seat, you're in the front row now. Turn down the lights, it's time to get the clothes down. Let's get the clothes down. Welcome to Get the Chloe Down with me, Chloe Kent, and only Chloe Kent today, guys. It is just me. I felt like coming on and just having a bit of a solo chat because is it just me or has this year been so weird already? I mean, I'll get into that in a second. But first of all, I just I needed to have a cup of tea and have a chat because it's freezing today. We woke up with some snow. I mean, not loads. It's pretty much melted now <laughs> there's no snow day to be had but I cannot wait for it to warm up I always find that March is when we seem to get snow the most which just bugs me because it's like two weeks until spring and I've already ordered my flip-flops like what is going on but um I'm also somebody that suffers a little bit of seasonal depression I must say I don't do well waking up when it's just doom and gloom outside I just I need that sun I need to know that I can get my sangrias in get the barbecue on and be pissed by one o'clock like a normal person do you know what I mean but when it's dark and gloomy I just feel very like oh we'll just do housework and then we'll put the heating on and then we'll just try and stay warm and then I'll sit on the sofa with a blanket like I'm 89 actually I don't know why I'm slagging that off because I know full well that I low-key love a little blanket on the sofa moment it's just a bit of me I actually saw this meme on Facebook which showed Jennifer Lopez on a stripper pole dancing and it said Jennifer at 50 versus me at 30 and the person at 30 was on the sofa with a cup of tea and a blanket that is literally me I feel like I'm like the oldest 33 year old person ever um but hey ho I love my creature comforts what can I say um so let's just start by moaning about all the shit that's gone wrong this year shall we I'm gonna start off with the most dramatic one of all you not not you the viewers oh Christ I mean the series you I have been so looking forward to it um, and it finally came back and I've watched two episodes and I cannot for the life of me get into it. I think it's like the story's been told, you know, like how many times can we see Joe become obsessed with somebody else, you know? And I don't know why this bugs me, but the the difference between American accent and the English accent together it's such an awkward clash that I just don't like it like normal English speaking people just sound like normal like you're sort of the earth Kathy Burke Russell Brand sort of type people the English accent against American sounds like the artful fucking Dodger and Oliver Twist do you know what I mean it just sounds so weird and off so I'm listening to Joe whose accent I don't know why the American accent just seems so normal to me I think that's because we watch so many TV shows um that are American. So that sounds more normal to me now than when this English person pipes up. So that was kind of irritating. But I just felt like it wasn't really going anywhere. It just felt really samey. But I don't know, you'll have to let me know if anyone's watched you and what you guys think of it. I, I am only two episodes in and, and I bailed if I'm honest. So it's probably not really fair for me to comment. I should really give it a bit more, bit more time. But I don't know. It's just, it feels like it's run out of a story to tell now. But I did love season one and season two. Apart from in season two, when there was like, 
I wolf you, you know, then I won't crawl up my own ass and die. Not to be dramatic, but it was the most cringiest thing on TV in the last 10 years that like, I couldn't even cope with it. How embarrassing. But anyway, moving on from you. The other thing that has just been absolutely unreal is the news stories at the moment. The one kind of recently that really freaked me out was when it started with a a, a weather balloon, Chinese spy weather balloon. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. That was shot down. And I don't, you know, that one didn't really phase me. I was like, oh, okay, you know, I don't really know what that means, to be honest. But I mean, are the Chinese checking what weather we've got? I don't understand. But I was like, right, yeah, okay. But then it was like, another one's been shot down in Canada. Another one's been shot down in Michigan. Another one's been shot down here, there and everywhere. And then there wasn't even confirmment. They were like weather balloons. They were just calling them UFOs. And that kind of freaked me out a little bit because I'm just, I'm just not built for Independence Day. Have you seen the film Signs? I, do you know what? Signs is actually one of the scariest films to do of aliens ever. That scene where Joaquin Phoenix, and yes, that is how you say his name because I Googled it. Joaquin Phoenix is in the cupboard under the stairs at Harry Potter and he's watching the news and it says, I don't know if you guys have seen Signs, but if you, if you haven't, watch it. And they're like, we have to show you now to a, a clip from a, a Mexican birthday party in, in Mexico, obviously, it, not in like stains, <laughs> a Mexican party in Scunthorpe. <laughs> no, um, it was in Mexico. Um, and then this this clip of this alien walking across the screen and Joaquin Phoenix just absolutely shits himself. And I understand because when I saw that alien, guys, I was like, that's like the alien that I saw when I was six. You remember that? If you haven't listened to my alien story, it's on my pod. Just scroll back, babe, series one somewhere. But that always used to put me on the edge of my seat. Oh, and when the little girl was like, Daddy, there's a monster outside my room. And Mel Gibson's like, a monster. And he looks out the window and it's actually an alien on a roof. So, yeah, that completely freaks me out. So when I think about films like Signs, I just know that I'm not built for it. First of all, I'm, I don't think I could run anymore. I mean, I never could run. I was always a fat one in sports day. You know, I used to pretend that I was asthmatic, so wouldn't have to do it. I once just pretended to pass out to see if that worked. It didn't. But I'm just not built for running away from anything. I just, I would just die. That's, I feel the same way about a zombie apocalypse. You know, I watched The Walking Dead and I just think, my God, I will be dead in episode one, series one. Like, <laughs> they're not even that fast, but I'm just so, I can't, first of all, I'm just a bit thick. Like, I just, I wouldn't have my wits about me as much as I think I would. Secondly, I hate being chased. I hate it. So I just sit on the floor when that happens. So if I was being chased, like up some stairs or down a hallway, I would I would probably just be giggling and then sit on the floor. I just, no, I would just, I would just die. So yeah, that whole UFO news outlet thing freaked me out. I hate the silence around it. And then somebody on TikTok doctored a video of Biden saying, it's UFOs, take cover. And I believed it for a whole three minutes. I didn't like get out the bath or anything. It was like that startled, but you know, it did, it did, it raised my blood pressure a tad, but no, it's it's fine. We, I don't think they've announced what it is, but I don't think it's aliens. Um, but then more bizarrely, if you can get any more bizarre than possible UFOs kicking off the year in February 2023, we had a huge case from a lady called Julia, who's from Poland, and she is 21, although she believes she could be younger. And she came out with this whole story and theory on uh, social media that she is missing Madeleine McCann. Now, I've gone back and forth on this story like 
a yo-yo. Like, I don't know if everyone else feels the same. My first thought when I saw the story was, what a load of bollocks. Like, what a load of bollocks. And I just thought, this girl is rude and disrespectful if she thinks that, you know, she can claim five minutes of fame by pretending that she is a missing person. I think what what didn't help is that I've just watched that that program on Netflix and I can't remember it, but it's literally about that kind of thing where this this guy, I think it was Italian or Spanish, Spanish, I think, he pretended and somehow got away with that he was this missing American boy all the way from like, I, don't, I can't remember what state it was now, Kansas or something random like that, middle of nowhere in America. And he pretended he was this missing boy. He got flown over to America, moved in with his family, just started being an American kid went to school and everything in America. And no one was like, huh, oh, I don't remember him being French, do you? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, hello. It was just a bit bizarre. He had different eye colour. <laughs> he bleached his hair to try and match this this kid, this missing child in the photo, because I think this child was quite blonde and him being like, you know, Italian or Spanish, whatever he was, he was, he was a lot darker. Oh, it was just so bizarre. And everyone believed it. And... I don't know, I did sort of think, oh, dickheads. <laughs> like, how did you, how would you believe that? Maybe I'm really judgmental, actually, because, I don't know, I just think if my daughter went missing, I just think I would know, as a mum in my heart, I would know if they're my child or not. Especially after spending some time with them, it would just be obvious to me. Um, but no, I don't know, it's very, it was a really bizarre Netflix documentary, but also a real eye-opener, I suppose, that, you know... Just sort of how much of a head fuck the system is, you know, with with missing children, the way the police work, and it was just all so confusing. But anyway, so obviously this lady Julia from Poland come out and said that she was Madeline McCann. So because I just kind of watched this Netflix documentary, I was like, hmm, has Julia been watching Netflix? <laughs> Can somebody check Julia's Netflix history because I think somebody somebody's given her an idea, and I didn't believe it. But then she started coming out with a few reasons as to why she believed she's Madeline. So she was talking about obviously having the the eye, uh, the iris. I can't believe, I uh, can't remember what it's called. It's bugging me now. Something to do with the iris, isn't it? That that has moved into the actual eye. <laughs> you know, pupil. Ryan's saying pupil from the kitchen. But it's, you know, it's something anyway. So she kind of had that going on. So that, to me, I, I thought that's really interesting because I assume it's quite a rare thing to have. Um, and also what the chances of, of, of a, a girl saying, oh, I think I'm a missing person and having this eye defect thing. So that was kind of intriguing. Then it was interesting that she said that she didn't remember her childhood and uh, she'd gone to her family doctor and her doctor vouches that she is of sane mind and she's not just being crazy. So then I actually believed that she was Madeline for about a whole 24 hours. I was like, that's Madeline McCann. That's mental. Then we've gone back again and her parents kind of released this um, you know, report statement, sorry, where they just said that basically their daughter is their daughter. Obviously, she always has been, but she's not very well. She should be taking tablets for mental health, which she doesn't. She should be seeking um, medical help from a specialist doctor, which she doesn't. And this whole thing is just like barbaric and bizarre. And, you know, they, they don't support their daughter's claims and they're really upset and hurt. So then I was like, huh, okay, that could also be 
true that this this girl was mentally ill because you know it is a far-fetched statement to wake up and be like you know what i think i'm madeline mccann <laughs> like it's not something that happens very often um but then this young girl is pushing for a dna so once again i'm back on the other side like maybe she is maddie um and then the parents were refusing to support the dna so that was weird so i don't really know where we're at with that um from what i hear this young girl julia has gone to america um to have a DNA because in, in Poland you need your parents' permission or something to get a DNA test, but in America you don't. I could be making this up. This is just what I heard from the girls in the group chat. So it's hardly a BBC official reporter, but you know, it was, it was what the girls were telling me. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. Um, but yeah, it's a, a really crazy story. And I I have no idea whether she's Madeline. Or, or, or maybe even another missing child. You know, she could be. There's so many missing children in the world. I don't think we realise how high the numbers are. So she could really be anyone's child that has gone missing. And and maybe, you know, a, a much deeper truth is about to unravel. Um, I kind of hope so in a weird way f- for her sake, because she is obviously adamant in her mind that these people aren't actually her family which must be a really weird feeling to have, to feel like you just, you're 100% sure that you don't come from these people. Because I know where I come from, and I'm sure you guys listening feel very secure knowing where you come from. You know, you know your parents, you know your family, and you very much feel a part of that. So, yeah, I, I feel like for her to have these thoughts, it must be stemming from somewhere. Um, if it does turn out, of course, that she is just somebody that is very unwell, then I hope that she does get a lot of help and support because um, you know mental health isn't a fun a fun thing to have but it's been it's it's been a bizarre story to say the least um another story which I won't I won't really get into in depth because I'm I'm not a true crime podcast but it's the Nicola Bully case I just feel like after the Sarah Everard case happened there was obviously this huge uproar from from women um protesting about you know protecting women and and fighting for the fact that women just seem to be so vulnerable in today's society and when Nicola Bully come about the whole story that brought back all those emotions now I know very much that Nicola Bully could literally just be a pure accident she may well just fall into the river and she may have drowned and that is literally it it's nothing but a freak accident but when it was announced that she went missing, it stirred up all those feelings and I actually stopped walking the dog um down to the local area that I go to because it's quite secluded it's quiet you know like I feel like if somebody was to attack you you know people wouldn't be around to help you necessarily um and that's such a horrible feeling to have and I I, you know I was talking to my husband about it and you know at at no point did he ever say oh yeah it scares me now too to walk the dog you know because it's just not really a thing that men really think about like men aren't that vulnerable um and men aren't often a target whereas women are a target for so many things so but it did really raise up some things with me where I was like oh I just don't know whether I want to be walking the dog on my own I was having my phone in my hand I started walking the dog to um it's like a dog park nearby where it's like you, you have to like pay to go in and there's a code so it's all fenced off and um there's a farm right beside it where there's obviously people working and so I just felt a little bit safer there um and now obviously they've finally said that they found her body I'm you know I, obviously I'm hoping it would it would indicate that it was just all an accident and that she drowned because that would be the best outcome I think 
um, then obviously something more sinister happening. But yeah, it's it's always horrible, I think, when there's a crime against a woman, or, or at least you assume there's been a crime against a woman. As I say, she could have very much just drowned and it all be an accident. Um, but I don't think that's something that we're going to hear about until June, when I think there's a whole there's the whole court thing happening with it, isn't there? I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> Aren't I doing well today? Oh, what's it called? Inquin, inquiry, inquisition. Nope. I can't think of it, but I can guarantee some of you lot know exactly what I'm talking about. And you're probably saying it out loud to yourself now I'm rolling your eyes because I'm a dickhead. But yeah, so we had that case. Um, and then yesterday I got my nails done and I heard on the news that Wayne Cousins got uh, an extra 19 months in prison on top of his life sentence, which almost sounds a bit pointless, doesn't it? If somebody's in prison for like the rest of their life, what's another 19 months going to do? But it's good because it gives the other victims, um, so these these were victims of his indecent exposure and just harassment and things like that. It gives them vic- that those victims some justice. So it's good that that's been added onto his court time and it's been like known and publicised. But yeah, I don't know. Just between that and Nicola Bully case, it just kind of made me feel a bit nervous to start of the year. I don't know if you guys feel like that. So yeah, it's been so crazy the start of this year I think um so much going on in the world um so many news reports and you know what the fuck <laughs> so moving on on to some good news I managed to bag myself some post Malone concert tickets in Manchester um I can't do the O2 I am so excited but I'm, I'm, I'm a bit nervous so um, as some of you will know, because I have been honest, I've put it on my TikToks and things like that. I suffer quite severely with with an anxiety disorder, and there's quite a lot of um, agoraphobia that comes out to play with it. And agoraphobia, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, um, it's Latin for fear of the marketplace, and it actually means you're fucking terrified to go outside, basically. Um, and and you just feel more anxious when you're out, especially in in perhaps busy, um, more intense situations, you know, like a really busy supermarket, an airport, uh, like a stadium where there's just a ton of people. I can feel very overwhelmed very, very quickly. And um, I can just feel just extremely anxious. And uh, one thing that's a massive, massive trigger for me is high ceilings. So when there's a high ceiling, it kind of brings out a type of vertigo, I guess, where I just feel... um, it's, it's, it's very daunting and I suddenly feel tiny like an ant and it just completely freaks me out I feel like I can't catch my breath I feel like I go dizzy so I I, it, I noticed it more when I was at um, one of the train stations in London uh, taking my son to the hospital when he was a little boy um I can't remember I think it was London Waterloo and as you come out there's the highest highest ceilings old you know old building high ceilings and I just completely freaked out. And another place that does it for me is Blue Water Shopping Centre in Kent. Now, I've been to Blue Water so many times and, you know, as a family and we'd all loved it. But as I grew older, again, just the high ceilings, it was just, it freaks me out. Very weird, I know. Um, but I've always tried throughout life. Um, when my anxiety settles a little bit, I always try to push myself for something that's harder. And a few years ago, I pushed myself to go to Mickey Flanagan, 
with Ryan at the Birmingham arena, this one was. And I went in, my seats were too high. So I had to go down to customer service, ask for lower seats. And they did swap me. I, I was actually on the floor in the end. And my seats were fine. They were good. But I was so nervous. I lasted about 10 minutes before I said to Ryan, I, I've got to go. I've got to get out of here. Um, and it's such a shame because a few months after that, I went on to get on a plane and go to America and get married and have a three-week holiday in Florida. And my anxiety was so much more manageable. I had one of the best times of my life. But it, it's just a shame that, that particular setting I couldn't deal with. It's kind of crazy, isn't it, when you compare it to going to an airport, getting on a plane. Like, I don't like flying either, but I managed to do all that and then I freak out in just an arena. But that's always been a massive trigger for me. Um, so then years later, I, I used to say to Ryan, I would like to go to a concert one day with music because I just feel like loud music and kind of singing and dancing is a lot more bearable than sitting down quietly and listening to somebody talk. Do you know what I mean? Because I think when you're at an arena in a big room like that and you've got nothing to do but just sit and listen to someone talk I think you can um I don't say get bored because that's not fair because I like Mickey Flanagan but I think you can just well you struggle to concentrate for starters so then in a sense you do get bored because you're not really listening and then obviously when you get bored you're you're anxious so um I'm hoping that you know loving post blowing the way I do listen to his great music and I'll just have so much fun I, I don't normally ever go to any concert just because of what happened at Mickey Flanagan. Even though I've talked about it, I, I just tend to avoid it. But Post Malone is so different for me. I I remember listening to his song Better Now on the radio and I was like, oh, I kind of like this singer. And then mum died. Like a few months later, mum passed away. And I remember just like not being able to leave my bedroom because of just anxiety and obviously just grief and everything else. So I just used to sit there and listen to music for hours. And that's when I discovered Post Malone's first album, Beer Bongs and Bentleys. And then I started listening to his other albums. And I just sat there listening for just hours to every single song. And I loved every song. And that doesn't normally happen. Like if I was to buy um, like a J-Lo album or... um. I'm trying to think of somebody I like. A Cardi B album, maybe. Oh, actually, I do, do like Cardi B. But you know what I mean? Like, normally I'll buy an album and I'd like maybe five or six songs and I tend to skip the rest. Like Usher. I remember that Confessions album. It was fire, but I still skipped about six songs. But Post Malone, I listened to every single one. It, it was just, it's an artist for me that I just adore. I just think he's really amazing and talented but he's also seems to be a really really lovely guy and as weird as it sounds he was just he was just a bit of a scapegoat for me at a time when my anxiety was so high and I didn't really feel like I had anything positive going on for me even though of course I did I had like my partner my children but the grief had kind of blinded me to everything and I just felt like I had nothing but the one good thing I had was his music that's how it felt at the time so I always said to Ryan, one day I want to be able to go see Post Malone. I want to be able to beat my anxiety and go and see Post. Um, and now we've booked tickets. But I had to book one of the most expensive tickets because I cannot and I will not be able to handle sitting up high because like, I just get vertigo and anxiety and it just really, really, really freaked me out. So I have to go on the floor. And also I want to go in the corner, kind of co close to the stage, but in the corner. So I feel like I'm somewhat out the way. And being in the corner, I'm assuming I'm, I'm going to be near a door and exit, if you will. <laughs> so 
I had to pay for them tickets, which were extremely expensive. They're, they are on Klarna. <laughs> I shall be paying them off now until I'm 36. But no, um, it had to be done. I don't go to concerts very often. It's literally a one-off. And I chose to go to the Manchester one because it was, well, it was about £100 per ticket cheaper than London's O2. But also going back to what I said about high ceilings, I cannot deal whatsoever with with London's O2. I had to Google it because I've never been to the O2. Um, like I, I went to the well, the O2 when it was called the Millennium Dome. I don't know if anyone remembers that or if I'm quite old now, but we had a school trip there. And I don't remember it being so big with high ceilings then, but I, I was a kid. I don't I didn't really have anxiety then. But um yeah, now I had a look at it and it was like oh, it was like blue water on crack. I was like, no, not for me, absolutely not. So I couldn't couldn't do O2. So I'm I'm venturing us all out five hours in the car to Manchester <laughs> instead and hoping that the arena um is gonna feel a lot more secure. But we was in the car the other day, me and Ryan, the neck the day after I put those Manchester Arena tickets and um the radio come on and it was a news report and it said um the police or the not the FBI because that's American. Who are our guys? MI5? MI5 say that the uh, Manchester Arena bombing attacks could have been prevented. <laughs> Ryan was like, well, don't say that now. <laughs> Just when I've booked tickets, I'll be sitting there like, I don't want to go in. But no, I am going to go in um, and I hope I last the entire show. Um, but we'll see. All, all you can do is your best with anxiety. All you can do is your best. Um, and if you've got to go, go. I hate saying that um, because I don't want to go. At no point in the post-flown concert am I going to want to go before he finishes. But nothing is worth making yourself feel mentally ill or mentally overwhelmed or having a panic attack because those panic attacks lead to huge setbacks and you just, nobody needs that, you know. So at any point, if I feel like actually it's too much, I'll just leave. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping I, I'm not going to, I'm going to use any, all my techniques that I've learned over the years from therapists and vodka <laughs> to get me through. And I just hope it works, but we'll see. I have to update you all. It's in May. Um, so we'll see how it goes, but yeah, I just thought I'd share that with you because it's just, um, it's something that I'm going to be doing facing a fear and taking myself out of my comfort zone so I thought I'd share that with you all but I am really looking forward to it I think it'll be um a good night and hopefully if it goes well it will just open up some more doors for me and maybe I'll be braver and fancy doing some more things down the line anyway guys that is it from me today I just wanted to jump on just have a little chat and just catch up I just feel like yeah this year has just been bit of a crazy one already and we're only in March so fingers crossed nothing else too bizarre happens um and also I noticed that we've just hit nearly 900 um followers on Spotify so you can obviously yeah you can follow somebody's um Spotify podcast you don't you don't ever miss when the episodes are uploaded and I just noticed yesterday that we need at 900 which I'm really really just so grateful for um I really, really appreciate you because I know that when it comes to podcasts, I, I might not be the best because sometimes of anxiety, it comes through and I stutter and stammer and I just don't make sense. But <laughs> I really appreciate that so many people are sticking around with me and supporting me. It means so much. Um, yeah, so hopefully we've got some more exciting things coming up um, and my new pod will be out next week and I'll see you all and speak to you then.
Bye, guys.